We don't want to learn to come to church. We want to learn to be the church. This is the Community Church Podcast. We are thankful to have you join us as we connect with God, each other, and our purpose. Welcome to Community Church Podcast. I am Jim Escavich with Dennis Hartzell and Chris Graham. How are you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. How about you? You've had like how many weeks off now? Just one? Just, just one week. Okay. Just one week. Um, definitely weird um, not going in and teaching, um, but uh, my kids are doing uh, pretty good, actually. We have a nice little routine. Their e-learning's not too bad. Um how are you doing, Dennis? Uh, doing well. Uh, it's just me and my wife, but we uh, touch base with our kids and our grandkids uh, quite regularly, and they're doing well in New York and Ohio and in Indianapolis, so it's uh, it's good to hear that they're doing well, and we were hoping to see each other over Easter, but uh, we're not really sure that's going to happen right now. But otherwise, doing well. Not doing a lot of uh, flying like I normally do. Uh, the boss just doesn't want to go anywhere nowadays. I can't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Now, what uh, what platform do you guys usually use to communicate with your kids? Skype or something else? Uh, yeah, FaceTime is okay. what we use most all the time. Yeah. So you get yeah. to see them. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. a distance. Oh, I love FaceTime. Yeah. It's uh, so easy and, uh, yeah, wonderful. Well, hope everyone else is uh, hanging in there. Um, I've wanted to do a podcast, and the time kind of worked out fine um, to actually have time to do it now. But um, the reason why we're doing this is so that we can study God's Word together and be connected. Um, the idea is maybe you can read um, the chapter that we're talking about and then you can listen to us discuss it and learn how to study God's Word and obviously learn um, about God's Word. So I'm excited to be able to talk with people. I learn most by talking. So I, I'm ready to uh, dig into the book of Ephesians. So Ephesians um, was written, I believe, by the Apostle Paul. Um, and one of the biggest things that I did or during my research was I saw that Paul, um, he had been to the church at Ephesus, um, and you can read that in Acts 18 and 19, but he had visited there. He was well acquainted with the people there. One of the things that I, I don't think we typically realize is that, I mean, you mentioned Paul was in prison. I think they usually refer to this as like the prison epistle, mm-hmm. but they think that he wrote it at the same time that he wrote uh, Philippians and Colossians and Philemon. So, like, a lot of these might have been written in a short time span compared to, oh, years later, Paul wrote this, years later. So, you kind of lose some of the context of, um, you know, the actual writings of it and, and the timing of it. So, I thought that was always interesting. Um, yes, it is believed that Paul was in prison um, in Rome. So, uh, we might feel like we're in prison a little bit now. Uh, I think Paul had it a little bit worse. Um, than we did. Uh, the city of Ephesus um, was a large commercial port city. It was, it was a big city in the time, um, and it was a city that was filled with a lot of non-Jewish believers that Paul helped convert on his second missionary journey, but there was also a large segment of Jewish people there. So there was a big mix, as we're going to see later in the book of Ephesians. Paul talks about how Jews and uh, non-Jews are supposed to um, interact. Was there anything else before we get to the actual book you wanted? You guys wanted to share about the background of this book? I think the only thing um, I was going to mention is they think it was likely, and this is all 
speculation, which sometimes it's fun to, to have these kind of conversations, but nothing to, to say is gospel per se. Um, the background that I saw is that there's a, a likelihood that like Priscilla and Aquila were actually the ones to deliver this message to the church in Ephesus. Um, and they kind of have that mentioned back in Acts 18. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of neat how do you can see people from different parts of Scripture still make an impact later on. Yeah, and I noticed too that uh, usually Paul writes a letter to a specific church to correct a problem. Uh, and in this case, uh, it doesn't seem like there's any uh, problem that he's addressing. Uh, just uh, just trying to uh, encourage them as they've uh, as he uh, will see later on. He thanked the Lord for them and loved them, and they loved him. So it's kind of kind of a different type of letter in that he wasn't trying to correct any problems for them. This is not the church at Corinth <laughs> where they have lots of problems. I agree. Yeah. Um, when you're studying God's Word, I find the best thing to do is to read a chapter or even just read a paragraph, a passage, and just try to figure out what the big idea of the passage is. Instead of trying to understand every little word, is to understand the big idea. What is the main emphasis of why God wrote the book? So did either one of you want to share your big idea for Ephesians 1? I felt that uh, the biggest thing I saw that stuck out to me was the fact that um, he really explains to these uh, believers uh, what you might call their heavenly bank account, the, the privileges that are theirs because of their faith that they placed in Jesus Christ as he had preached the gospel to them, and they responded to that. And we have a whole list of verses uh, 3 through 14 at least, uh, 10 things. Um, there's more that, uh, of uh, privileges that are ours because we are in Christ. Yes, I like the words, um, the riches of his grace, the word lavished upon us. So it is definitely not just a, a small thing that when we become Christ followers that we get this little thing, that we do get riches uh, that are lavished upon us. Um, I think the only thing that, the other thing that stood out to me, because I wrote down the same thing as verses 3 through 14, uh, really lays out God's plan for salvation and just... Um, the depth of the riches that are there for us. But the other thing I put down was, I think, big picture, uh, it's because of verse 10 where it's at that time he's going to unite all things under him. Uh, that is the finale of it all. Sure. I notice also he says in uh, verse 3, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I think of the idea of every spiritual blessing. You know, how do you define that? And one uh, thing I stumbled across was that everything that the Spirit has to give us so the moment we become uh, followers of Christ, we become uh, uh, saved, whatever word you want to use, the, uh, uh, every uh, blessing that the Spirit has to pour out upon us is now available uh, to us. And it's just a, just a great listing there. I never noticed it when I read this before. Um, the biggest thing that I got was that um, I, the sentence I wrote down was, the Trinity executes a plan to adopt us. You can see through the whole thing that, that God makes a plan. I want to talk about that later. And then Jesus executes the plan. He goes to earth. He lives a sinless life. He dies and rises again. And then the Holy Spirit helps us see God's plan. Um, so it was really amazing to me how all parts of the Trinity are working together. Um, and Paul writes it. Uh, so eloquently through these verses. So I loved how the Trinity worked together. I think one uh, one New Testament concept that could probably be its own 
um, research its own podcast by itself is that idea of adoption in the New Testament and what that really looks like. Um, because back then, of course, with slaves, like if you adopt a slave, now they are full heirs of your goods, right? Just like your children and everything else, they get full everything. Um, there's a great book that John MacArthur wrote called Slaves, and it talks a lot about that concept. Uh, but the other idea, too, is, you know, as um, if you're adopted, you do not necessarily take on characteristics, uh, physical characteristics or qualities as your parent, your your now parent has. But if you're adopted by Christ, you have that Christ-likeness within you now. Like You start possessing that same uh, qualities and virtues that, that he also demonstrated. You know, I'm not adopted, but I know one of the blessings that people point out to those who are is that they were chosen. Yeah. Uh, uh, most of us have kids that uh, nobody had any choice about. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, they had no choice in their parents, and, and we had no choice in them. But, uh, but if you're adopted, you're, you, are, you, are cho- you have been chosen uh, warts and all and uh, blessings and all. And so yeah, that's a real uh, good picture, I think, a, stu- a tremendous picture of, of God when he adopts us as his uh, sons and daughters that, uh, you know, he, he wanted to do this. This was his will, of course, his free will to, uh, to do this, and we're so uh, blessed because of it. Another thing when you're reading God's word, once you understand, like, the big idea of the passage is, what can I learn more about God? Was there one characteristic of God in this passage that really was magnified to you? One thing was uh, that came out several times, uh, I think at least three or four times in the first chapter, is that, that we were made to the praise of his glory. And uh, it's, it's just amazing that God um, finds, I don't even know what word to say, but uh, describe, but finds joy, finds uh, delight in uh, the fact that uh, we can praise him, that we can uh, do things according to his will. Uh, just it, it relates easily to a father and a child, uh, how pleased we are when our children uh, just um, uh, appreciate all that we've done for them. And I think that uh, comes out strongly here that we, uh, God uh, loves our praise and loves our appreciation of him. Uh, to that extent, I've learned probably the most about God by being a parent. Um, even a small thing of working with my son or daughter on basketball and for years trying to get them to make a basket. I, I find so much joy when they actually make a basket. Um, and then in other things, when I, they, for once, choose to be kind to their sibling, oh, what joy do I actually finally get when they actually choose to be kind instead of kick or scream or uh, annoy? Chris, was there a characteristic of God that uh, leapt out to you? Uh, really, was it back to what we just discussed, was the idea of being uh, predestined. He predestined us for the adoption. Um, and that concept we already kind of dove into a little bit. But that is... Um, Boy, there's a certain aspect of, of being one who was chosen of just humility and uh, so much um, appreciation and gratitude for that gift of salvation that it's, it's just difficult to put into words when you really think about it. That was very similar to me that God had a plan before the foundation of the world. He had a plan. Human beings were not going to mess up his plan. Um, speaking in today's terms, he has a plan for this virus. He has a plan for you today. He has a plan that you can't mess up. Um, I'm not surprised you went with that. Knowing Jim, Jim needs a plan. I, <laughs> who doesn't love a plan? <laughs> Apparently there are some people that don't, but I love a plan. Um, 
but yeah, he had, he had a specific plan, and I I know I I could talk for hours about this word predestination, um, and th there's nothing wrong with that. If if you want to come and talk to me about it, it's fine. But God had a specific plan, and he was not taken off guard. I think is the big idea that Jesus coming down and dying on the cross was not plan B or plan C. That that was plan A. He knew what was going to happen. Um, and he is in complete control. Yeah, it goes right along with, like you said, relating it to today. Uh, nothing takes God by surprise. So obviously this virus didn't take him by surprise. Yeah, I just thought maybe uh, just in case someone's following along, just to list uh, real quickly the, um, the blessings that are just obvious. Verses 3 through 14, he said, we already said he has every spiritual blessing. In verse 3, but we're chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We're predestined. Verse 5, verse 6, we're accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, we're redeemed. Uh, verse 9, we're making known, uh, we were made known the mystery of his will. Tells about spiritual mysteries. Uh, verse 11, we've obtained an inheritance. Verse 12, created for his praise. Verse 13, sealed with his uh, Holy Spirit. And lastly, verse 14, that he is the guarantor, if you will, of our salvation. It's interesting that Paul starts his letter this way with the very basics. I mean, he's already told the people this. He went to Ephesus, he lived with them, but when he had a chance to write a letter, he started with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He didn't just go and attack them and say, this is what you need to do. Um, I find that uh, comforting and understanding of this is my foundation in a time of uncertainty that God loved me so much that uh, he had a plan for me and that he predestined me. Um, the most important part probably of Bible study is not just understanding God, understanding the big idea, maybe understanding some confusing things, is actually applying it. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, that's probably my hardest part is application. Um, so is there is there an application, something you can do this week that you can measure so that you can understand more of God's uh, predestination or his spiritual blessings? Was there something that you wanted to uh, do differently this week? Well, if I could just say, the, um, I noticed that in verse 15, he says, uh, he, he says, you guys have a reputation in the church of Ephesus for your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. And especially during this time of um, being separated from our neighbors and uh, friends, uh, it, it's, uh, the pastor has been encouraging us to reach out and to uh, try to encourage other people. And I saw Paul did that. He did that in every book of the Bible that he wrote, tried to encourage the believers. And so for, this, for me this week, I just try to do as much reaching out as I can, whether it's just a phone call or a note uh, or a letter in the mail or whatever, or email, uh, just to let people know how much I appreciate them. And uh, then also uh, just in my own quiet time with the Lord, just to be reminded of all that he's done for me and maybe especially um, take time to do that since I have extra time now. I think, um, boy, it's almost hard to go this week and not do something different um, because of, you know, the turbulent world we're in and, and the, the uncertainty that's around us. And, you know, state by state, things are shutting down and people aren't able to go as many places or only to specific places. So, um, yeah, I would agree. I mean, we as a church have been certainly trying to get creative in how we are getting the message of Christ out and to keep hope and peace and joy in front of people. And so uh, I, I think day by day we have to look for those opportunities. And uh, for me, it's a matter of continuing to grow in patience and being um, gracious and merciful to others as, you know, because I'm like Jim, I like a plan. <laughs> I like a plan, but it is hard to plan anything these days. And so it's, um, it's a big challenge for sure. And I, one thing I do want to mention too is 
as we go through this book of Ephesians, you know, we talk about the Bible as a whole. Hey, we know how it's going to end. Uh, I think it's important that we recognize, too, if you go on uh, and read through Scripture and you get to Revelation, you find that uh, they talk about how the church at Ephesus have lost, they lost their, they left their first love, I think is how he phrases it. And so we, we know what happens to them as they, they cool down even after Paul and uh, others have really um, invested into Ephesians. So I think it would behoove us to really take the message of Ephesians seriously and really look into it and as the church by and large is now getting maybe a new definition today than it did a couple weeks ago and um, in how we view church and how we do church and as Pastor Dan would say, how we are going to be the church. Uh, we need to, to be a little more creative and uh Obviously, I think first and foremost, it starts with being in His Word and really investing in your in your walk there. So, um, both of you said something about being thankful, and uh, for me, it was uh, uh, be thankful for my spiritual blessings. So I, I wrote, and I've tried to do the last uh, several days, is write two spiritual blessings every day. Not, hey, I'm thankful that I'm you know not sick. I'm thankful that you know I have running water. I'm thankful that uh, everyone is safe around me. But I I wrote, uh, like, I have the Holy Spirit. Um, I know I don't even completely understand that, and if I would understand that more. Um, But that's one spiritual blessing. The other one is, uh, that has nothing to do with the passage, but the application is, I can talk directly to God. In a time of uncertainty, um, that the Holy Spirit will help me talk directly to God, even when there's not a plan even when I don't know how long this hiatus from everything is going to be, I can talk directly to God. And that's one of the amazing spiritual blessings that are lavished upon us. Any other further comments uh, that you, uh, gems in God's word uh, from Ephesians 1? Uh, I would just like to say that I see that uh, as we want to encourage others, we also, as we talked about, want to pray, uh, spend time in prayer during this, these days that we have especially. And Paul gives us a little list in verse 17. He prayed uh, for the spirit of wisdom to rest upon the Ephesian saints. Uh, he prayed for revelation of the knowledge of Christ. He prayed that their eyes of understanding might be open, that they might know the hope of his calling, and lastly, the greatness of his power. So if we have difficulty uh, deciding uh, what do I pray for my friend or fellow churchgoer or saint or or neighbor what can i pray uh whether your neighbors uh, know the lord or don't you can pray that they'll have a spirit of wisdom and of understanding and uh, so anyway so yeah i thought it was great great that he gave us a little list here of if we didn't have our own of how to pray for others well i think that wraps up ephesians 1 pretty well um next time we'll be delving into ephesians 2 if you want to read that i thank you for listening all this way and Dennis is going to be coming back with us with a book recommendation. We're back here on the Community Church Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us as we get set for Dennis's book review. And we certainly hope, as many of you have probably found some extra time throughout the weeks now, that you could uh, pick up a book and check it out. We do want to remind you as well, if you have any questions about the Ephesians study that we're going through, feel free to email those 
to info at edwardsburg.church. And then just in the subject line somewhere, make sure you indicate that uh, it's a question regarding Ephesians. And then we'll get a hold of those and try and do our best to answer those for you next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Dennis for this week's book review. Hey, thanks, Chris. Um, As Chris said, during this uh, unplanned time at home that most of us have during this coronavirus outbreak, uh, we might find ourselves with a little extra time to catch up on some reading or audible-type listening. Uh, I was able to read or listen uh, to at least 50 books uh, last year, and so I was excited when Chris asked me to review a book uh, each week for the next several weeks. Today, I am reviewing a book entitled Grace Behind Bars. It was written by Bo and his wife, Gary Mitchell. Uh, The book has 320 pages. Uh, It it is, in my estimation, just an easy read. Uh, The foreword is by Jerry Jenkins, uh, the author of the popular Left Behind series, whom many of you might recognize. Uh, The front of the book is filled with recommendations by famous people that most of us would recognize. That always, uh, you know, uh, piques my interest when I see who else uh, likes this book and if it's somebody that I uh, respect and recognize, then uh, that helps me. So here's just a few. Uh, there's many, but one is a former Hall of Famer uh, NBA player. I won't list their names, but another one is the owner of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, one is a former uh, PGA uh, professional that's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one is the founder of Promise Keepers, Bill McCartney. And many of you know him from the uh, University of Colorado uh, college football team. Uh, one, uh, another one is a popular speaker and author, uh, Kay Arthur along with many uh, more prominent Christian leaders. Uh, Bo and Gary Mitchell have been featured speakers on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Uh, I say all that to say that their book really comes highly recommended. Uh, The book is the true story of a severe trial that Bo and his wife Gary not only endured, but actually grew spiritually uh, during this time as they weathered the most difficult time they'd ever faced. Uh, The book in a nutshell is this. Bo, who is a successful Christian businessman in the Denver area in the 80s and 90s, was not only successful in business, but he also had been used of the Lord to start several thriving Christian ministries, as well as being the chaplain for the Denver Nuggets uh, NBA team. Uh, At the time, Bo's wife, Gary, also enjoyed a fulfilling life in ministry, as well as raising their two children. In a, I'll say, puzzling turn of events, Bo finds himself sentenced to time in a federal prison. Uh, Bo and his family are fearful, as we all would be, as to what he could expect prison life to be like. Um, in fact, <laughs> it's comical, but I'm sure it wasn't at the time. The first thing Bo asks the prison official when he checks in at the prison is, quote, how do I keep myself from getting, uh, let's say, abused and beat up during this time? Uh, The narrative in the book is a continual and painfully honest alternating view from Bo's and Gary's uh, perspectives on the emotional roller coaster they encountered during this time just before going to prison all the way to a few years after his release. Uh, The main reason for the book, in my estimation, was to share with its readers how the faith of a family fully dedicated to a, quote, uh, dedicated to not waste a crisis, uh, unquote. In other words, to learn all the lessons our loving Heavenly Father has for his children during excruciatingly hard trials that he has allowed or maybe even designed to come our way. Uh, all of us at one time or another either encounter or have friends of faith that encounter uh, gut-wrenching trials of our faith that can send us into a tailspin if we don't keep our eyes, as the Bible says, on the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, During Bo's time in prison, both he and his family learned lessons of faith that they share with the reader. 
uh, hopefully, so when our own faith is fully tested, we can come out of the fire, uh, as the Bible says, refined as gold. Again, this is what I would call an easy read that you will not want to put down. I highly recommend this book, giving a five out of five for proving once again the Romans 8.28 principle to be true. And that is that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, the next time we get together, uh, we'll step into some controversial waters, uh, theological waters, and review a book by Andy Stanley called Irresistible. So does the book deal with just the husband or the wife or both of their viewpoints? Yeah, it deals with both of them. It alternates back and forth between uh, Gary's uh, version of what's happening emotionally as well as uh, physically in his life. And then uh, Gary, uh, his wife, will come in and give her vi uh, version of what was happening during that time. Does it explain, um, maybe it goes into more detail, I'm sure it does, uh, as far as what the uh, brain illness was that Gary had? Um, it, it doesn't go into detail and doesn't okay. spend a lot of time there. Okay. Uh, she basically uh, had some sinus surgery. Okay. And uh, that uh, messed, uh, messed with some things in her body, then her brain, that caused her to go into severe depression. Okay. And so she just briefly explains how that lasted actually over a 10-year period. And that was some of what she was battling through this time. But the most of the book uh, deals uh, mostly with uh, how his time in prison affected the family. Yeah. What a powerful testimony it is that they've come out of this. And I think you mentioned that you saw some YouTube clips of them on Focus on the Family. Yes, yeah, right? so you can go back and see the uh, all the, the, the uh, programs. Yeah, okay, great. pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And I hope uh, you will stay, uh, we'll say, separate and stay safe while still being connected to God each other and our purpose uh, join us next time for ephesians chapter 2 and thank you for listening to the community church podcast <laughs>